I'm never 100% sure on anything time-wise in life, Josh, because time zones can be tricky for some people, right? Me, maybe I'm. Maybe it's just me, dude. Maybe I'm the only one that gets thrown by an hour or two-hour change. And I know, I know that I'll get – I softball, I'm the worst. Softball is where I should be the best, and softball, I'm usually the worst. And as we all know, right, what's the rule? I – I'm going to be the last to know because that's the way I want it. But do you? I saw uh, I saw Coach Gasso this weekend. <laughs> I saw Patty Gasso and I saw my man Poppy Jim Gasso, and it was hilarious. It was hilarious, Josh, because when I saw them, it was at I, I won't mention the grocery store because I don't want to blow up our secret shopping spot. But they were. I, I, someone had just walked up and said hi to him, so I didn't want to be the extra guy that I am. <laughs> and it's like, hey, what's going on? It's me. Hey, how are you? So I just kind of was like, hey, what's going on? Walked by, and l- legit right away, the ball busting started. It's like, what? You're not even going to stop and say hi? And I'm like, what? I didn't want to just butt in on someone else's conversation that's going on. <laughs> uh, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, getting ready for softball, and I got to see Coach. That made my entire holiday weekend. It's uh, it's wh- great. When do they report to start really getting after it? I think they're reported as soon as school starts back up. I know that. I know the group me has been very busy. That's for certain. That's a good sign. But I bring it up because I I'm pretty bad on times. I mean, let's just be honest with you. But I can assure you, to everyone that is fighting with me, because ESPN says the basketball game tips off at five. I'm here to confirm the basketball game tomorrow night tips off at 6. I don't care what the Entertainment Sports Programming Network says. They're incorrect. Now, you might say, you seem pretty confident for someone that screws up times all the time. Well, I checked with Toby. <laughs> and if Toby tells me, then that is the way that it is. That's a good resource. So there, uh, it looks like they're running a little bit behind right now at the uh, coaches' press conference, which gives us a moment to – Maybe what, Josh, kind of sprint through our top five stories of the day. And, of course, this is that moment where my feed kind of starts to hiccup a little bit from the Alamo Bowl right now. Um, but as we wait for Coach Venables and hopefully being able to bring that to you live right here on the Plank Show, um, I'll, I'll do my part because I never really do enough when it comes to the top five stories of the day. So, um so, as always, it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino, which is where we are, I-44, exit 107. How far do you think we'll get through before Coach Venables and Coach Fish take the stage? What's your guess? I would say maybe to big story number three. But, hey, right, well, who knows? Here we go. Number five. All right, big story number five. You can hear the press conference rolling in the background. What a win for the Thunder as they, um, they're kind of cooking right now, Josh. OKC, after losing to the Lakers on Friday night, bounced back and thump the first place Minnesota Timberwolves by a final score of 129 to 106. Um, OKC's got the Knicks coming up tonight at seven o'clock. Um, I don't know about you, man. I, I I watched that whole game. Of course, I was on the air last night, so it kind of gave me something to watch in addition to the bowl game. They just they look like a really 
what's the word? I'm connected group. 34 points for Shea, uh, double-digit scoring from every single starter. And Isaiah Joe had eight off the bench. 129-106, good win for OKC last night in taking care of Minnesota. Anything you want to add to that? Well, this is clearly a playoff team now, yep. and, I, and I think we'll remain that going forward. I, jury's still out. We'll wait on the postseason probably to get that answer, but I'm starting to think maybe they're one of the best teams in the NBA, Plank. I'm starting to think that, too. I'm starting to think that, too. Like Fords? Number four. Oh, I can still do this. Um, so we got a little breaking news in the National Football League this morning, and um, – Jared Stidham's going to start for the Denver Broncos because the Broncos are doing the exact same thing with two games to go in its season that the Las Vegas Raiders did last year. They're going to try to keep their options open. And so with a 1-3 and three record in their last four games, Russell Wilson has been benched. Russell Wilson has been benched in favor of Jared Stidham I got to be honest, I would have loved this news at about 5 a.m. this morning, but that seems that seems to be pretty significant in my world. Yeah, because is the it Raiders, the right move? The Raiders play them in two weeks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's the question. Do they not want to go to the playoffs? They're still alive for the division. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City would mm. have to lose uh, each of its last two. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think Kansas City is going to wrap up the division this week. Yeah. But uh, hey, yeah, you, you got a puncher's chance until you don't. Right. Exactly. So they are doing the introductions at the press conference. So I'll just go quickly. Uh, big story number three: uh, three bowl games last night or yesterday afternoon. Kansas gets a win over UNLV in a game where they broke the record for most penalty yards in a football game, uh, in a bowl game. So uh, Kansas 49-36 to over UNLV. Texas State drank Gerald Ford Field out of beer. Their fans did. So kudos to my man G.J. Kinney as they beat Rice 45-21 to and Minnesota beat Bowling Green 30-24. to Big story number two, of course, OU and Arizona in the bowl game. Brent Venables is walking up for the press conference with Jetfish as we speak. And, guys, we're going to spend some time when this press conference wraps up talking about the memory of Ryan Miner. Let's take you to San Antonio for live coverage of the Alamo Bowl press conference with Brent Venables and Jet Fish. Maybe. Wait for it. Here we go. Fantastic week. It has been. Uh, we got here on the 23rd, and um, everybody has just Jet been Fish, phenomenal. By the, way. the city of San Antonio. Uh, everybody that works uh, with the Alamo Bowl. So I just wanted to say thank you, uh, first and foremost. Thank you to all of the media that came uh, over their Christmas holiday to come uh, cover us and join us. Uh, we're, we're certainly excited. Our team's uh, ready to go. It has been a while uh, since we played a game. So, you know, those guys have been practicing 14, 15 times. And uh, I think all they want to do now is play another team and not look at one another. So, um, we know we got an incredible opponent ahead of us. Uh, Oklahoma has done an amazing job this year, amazing job in years past, and uh, it is a true blue blood of uh, college football. So the opportunity for us to play them, uh, we don't take lightly. We're very grateful for that, and uh, we know they got a heck of a team. So we're going to have to bring our very best uh, tomorrow evening, and we hope it's in front of a sold-out crowd. 
So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, <laughs> buy now. Thank you, Coach. Coach Venables. Uh, again, uh, good morning to everybody, and uh, appreciate everybody being here. Again, thanks. I, I'd reiterate everything Coach Fish said in regards to uh, San Antonio, amazing city, as we all know, incredibly hospitable. Thank you to Derek Fox and the Alamo Bowl uh, Valero uh, Committee. Um, just a wonderful week. Uh, great opportunity to have some free time where we could uh, meet the other staff and uh, get a chance to, you know, share and what you, you go through in, in, uh, in, during the course of a season and uh, really appreciate, um, you know, the opportunity to play a, a quality opponent like Arizona. You know, this is, this is a team that, again, as we've said, uh, is as hot as anybody in college football right now. I have a great deal of respect and appreciation for what Coach Fish and his staff have done, what their players have done. Uh, they've developed things the right way, uh, recruited these guys, and uh, have kept them there and developed them and have gone through some, some uh, tough moments as they built their program. And, uh, you know, they can play with anybody. I think they've shown that this, this season, and we've talked about it uh, constantly. Our guys are excited to play. Uh, we got 70 scholarship players that are um, that are committed to, uh, you know, finishing what they started, and, and really excited about what we've seen and an opportunity uh, for the 129th team in, in Oklahoma history to have a chance to go after an 11th win. What a blessing that is! Uh, been done 27 times in Oklahoma's history, and uh, tied with Alabama. So we got a great great opportunity against a, a fantastic opponent. Easily one of the best matchups in all the bowl season. So looking forward to, to, to tomorrow night. Can we go front, sec, second row right there? Nathan Thompson, Fox 23 in Tulsa for, for Coach Venables. Two years ago, you were the you head coach but didn't coach this game. I remember you watching intently from the sideline. Coach Stoops pulled you up on the podium afterwards to celebrate. Being back here, does that bring back fond memories? And have you had a chance yet to kind of take stock in how much your life has changed in two years? Um, I really haven't. It seems like uh, dog years seems like a decade ago that that took place. I'll be honest, it was a very cool moment for me. Uh, as I've said before, Coach Stoops recruited me. I'm 17 years old, and you know that's constantly one of the many messages that we we promote to our players that your relationships is is what real enrichment in your life and opportunity and the pathways that are going to come from those relationships. So, incredibly indebted uh, to Coach Stoops, um, certainly to to Joe Castiglione and, and uh, President uh, Joe Harris and their belief uh, in myself and our staff and all the support that we've been given. Uh, we've been through, uh, gone through a lot, like a lot of people in college football. What a, what a time, Coach Fish, to make your head coaching debut uh, uh, right in the middle of, um, you know, a, uh, a real storm, if you will. But it's been a real blessing, been a lot of fun, a lot of growth, a lot has changed since that time, but a really cool moment to be back here in San Antonio. Um, it, it brings up a lot of those memories from that night for sure. Can we go middle? Coach Fish, I wanted to ask you, from an outsider's perspective, can you look at what Oklahoma's done under Brent in the last two years, everything he's had to do to turn around? How much do you appreciate that? And then for Brent, same same scenario with what Coach Fish has done in three years, building a, a one-win team and turning it around like they did. Yeah, well, I have a ton of respect for Coach Venables, both when he was a defensive coordinator uh, for years. And uh, we, we had dinner together the other night, and I said, how many of these head coaching jobs did you turn down? Because uh, he is at the highest of high levels of coaches. And so when he chose to come to Oklahoma, uh, it was very it was one of those programs you want to monitor, you want to watch, you want to see uh, how quickly uh, will he put his stamp 
on the program. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's not about necessarily always turning something around. Everybody's in a different and unique situation. It's what he's done with his program the way he wanted it. And uh, you can just see when you take a team that for, you know, for years under Coach Riley were going to be a score fest type team. And now all of a sudden you watch Oklahoma and they can score with everybody and they're a top five offense, yet they're taking the ball away 26 times. Uh, this year, and when you see a team that does that, that's the respect that I have. That Coach Venables in two years goes from six to ten wins. He adds four wins to his, you know, in, in second year, and then on top of it, it's just the way they play. That's what coaches. I know. I think there's a saying like, "Those who know know." When you watch their film, you know, and you know that Coach Venables is going to have a ton of success because of the way his program and his culture clearly is taking notice. I think I think probably the, the under the current state of college football, the, the best compliment I can give uh, Coach Fish and again his staff is uh, their ability to uh, retain their players uh, in a really uh, tumultuous time. They've got and again, I'm, this isn't coach speak; it's a real thing. It'll all come to uh, fruition here uh, quickly. But they've got NFL guys all over the place. They've got players that can go anywhere in the country that are in high man de- demand and in the landscape of college football, yet these players have chosen to stay. And so they're connected to something. They're, they've built it on relationships. They've built it on development. They've done it with the things that can sustain that have longevity in, in a time that where college football has become more and more transactional. They've done a great job uh, about development and connection and uh, just doing it the right way, you know, uh, recruiting guys out of high school, signing them and developing them and creating an environment that the, the players feel um, like they're valued and that they're uh, that they're a part of a family and something bigger than themselves. And then they play that way. And uh, incredibly as efficient of a football team as we've seen all year might be the best opponent that we've seen all year. Front row, middle. Yeah, uh, Brent wanted to ask you about Jackson Arnold and what kind of progress have you seen from him over this uh, bowl prep season? What are what are some of the key areas of growth? And then uh, for you, uh, Coach Fish, wanted to ask you about a little bit more about the the story about Bob introducing uh, you to your wife. <laughs> yeah, Jackson. Again, um, he's been around the game, you know, since he came out of his mama's womb, and been throwing the you know the the ball around since then, but. He's, he's got a great um, demeanor to him. I think uh, when I was a young coach, I thought the, the quarterback had to be like the middle linebacker and uh, rah-rah and emotional. And as I became a little, and after I coached Sam Bradford on the scout team, uh, who later became the number one pick in the draft, I learned quickly as I tried to get Sam to do it like I wanted him to do it. Maybe his way's better. And, um, but, you know, very cerebral, uh, consistent, same guy every day, puts the work in, just a, uh, you know, fantastic teammate, you know, very highly recruited, very well thought of, um, yet there's no entitlement whatsoever uh, with Jackson. You know, he's got uh, the instincts that you want him to have, the poise, whether it's his ability to climb in the pocket, you know, his patience, trust the guys around him, throws guys open, you know, throws with great anticipation, has all the, the skills that you, you want a guy to have. But um, you've watched him, you know, have, you know, in, in his backup role, he might have, two or three bad practices uh, where you're like, ah, boy, you leave a little bit to be desired. Um, not as much of an opportunity as what he has now. Now, if he had a, a bad play, you know, he doesn't have a bad series. If he had a, 
a bad series, he doesn't have a bad day. And, you know, he's quickly able to regain his composure and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, not let, you know, a bad moment really affect him. You've seen that, you know, happen throughout the course of the season, but especially during the, these, you know, last several practices. Can we go, can we go back? I think yeah. Coach Fish. Has oh, my uh, Coach Stoops uh, story. So I was, uh, I was a graduate assistant at University of Florida. Um, and back then there wasn't like 100 graduate assistants and 20 analysts. So there was just two of us. And um, we were at the coaches' convention, and my wife was working for Grant Taff at the AFCA. Um, we're working for a company that Rip put on their convention. And uh, Coach Stoops just won the National Coach of the Year. Oklahoma just won the National Championship. And uh, it was in 2001. Uh, January of 01, I believe, is when the convention was. And it was uh, at the end of the night. We were all getting done with the banquet. And Amber and a couple of her friends were at the table next to us. And he said, that might be a good person to say hello to, Jed. And... Uh, 21 years later, here we are. So uh, pretty cool story. Obviously, Coach Stoops um, uh, means a lot to us, and as is Coach Spurrier, and we were sharing that story with Coach Venables and Julie uh, the other night, and it's, it's always a good little connector. Can we go we got back right there first and then, then second? James Hale from CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Brent, uh, you know, Arizona has a ton of offensive weapons. Talk about what you've got to do to stop them. And, Coach Fish, I'm curious because Oklahoma has a new coordinator, new quarterback. Does it change anything on how you prepare for Oklahoma? And, Coach Venables, if you could start, please. Yeah, again, they've. I think you know, you've seen uh, what the quarterback, Fafita, what he can do, special player, um, his instincts, his command, his decision-making, uh, his ability to improvise. He's got great weapons, but he helps them. You know, uh, execute at a really, really high level. I think completing 74% of his uh, passes. You know, top five in the country, and just um, he's got a great presence to him. You know, the receivers are fantastic. They got great speed. They got length. They got size, uh, playmaking ability. Uh, they make a lot of competitive plays. Uh, two and four in, in particular. The tight end 84, another excellent player, big body guy, and then the running back. I, I love. You know, the running backs, the stable of them, six gets the majority of the carries, runs with power, speed, uh, just, you know, uh, with an edge and an attitude. And uh, then they got an excellent offensive line. And, uh, you know, so offensively, uh, just a really, really confident uh, unit that plays with a lot of precision, a lot of physical toughness. And then one of the most, two years in a row, one of the most explosive offenses uh, in college football. And uh, so... You know, everybody says it starts with the run game and those types of things, but they have the ability to attack you vertically, uh, certainly uh, to, to pound you in the run game, and then they do a great job on all their, their screen, uh, screen presentations as well. Can we go second row aisle? Uh, no, what was part two of that answer. question? Part two is what? Yes, Seth Luttrell. Uh, so, you know, I, I've known, I've met Coach Luttrell a couple years ago. Um, when he was the head coach at North Texas. But, uh, you know, it's, it provides a great challenge because when you look at their offense and you look at statistically where they were with Coach Levy and with Dylan, uh, you see probably one of the best five offenses, uh, not even probably, one of the best five offenses in the country. And now you're sitting there and you're, you're trying to make a determination on when you're game planning at, at the uh, offense with a different quarterback and a different coordinator. And um, now Coach Luttrell has called plays, and, you know, you can go back and chase 
You know, you say, oh, well, at Indiana, what did he do? And, you know, when he was at North Texas, what did he do? When he was at Arizona, what did he do? But at some point in time, you just have to play fundamental football. And you have to just believe uh, in what you see. And you have to say there's going to be certain principles that his lineage, you know, will bring. And then there's also, um, you know, it's three weeks. And how much are you going to change in three weeks? So it's that fine line of chasing ghosts, which all of us can do in the coaching profession and, and try to find you know, well, what if they do this, and what if they do that, and what if he changes this? Or we have to say, hey, we need to line up the formations. We have to line up quickly. We have to be prepared uh, for, you know, this, a system of offense. And now we have to defend a quarterback that we haven't seen a lot of, but we know how talented he is based on high school recruiting and the games he's gotten in, and a coordinator that has always done a great job wherever he's at. And we know it's a great challenge. Yeah, Coach, I was wondering if you could go into a little bit more on Noah. Our, the Oklahoma fans haven't seen Arizona as much as, as most teams, most of the really good teams. Could you uh, go into a little bit more detail? Sure. You know, so Noah is a uh, redshirt freshman quarterback, came in here from uh, Servite, California, uh, with four, three of his teammates, and um, number four, McMillan, uh, number 88, Kean Burnett, and number five, Jacob Manu, pretty good high school team. And uh, all four of them came together, um, all, and Noah was the ringleader. Uh, we offered Noah probably within a month of my arrival on campus, and uh, when he was a, I guess he was a junior at that point, and uh, he was committed to us and stayed committed to us for 10 months. And what I love about Noah is he committed to us when Arizona was on a 12-game losing streak, and he stayed committed to us when we went 1-11. and And uh, if that doesn't speak to his character, I don't know what does. But uh, he is an incredible preparer. He loves the game of football. He's addicted to the game of football. Um, and he's somebody that not only does everything right off the field, he does everything right on the field. And, uh, you know, I would say this. If you have great habits, if you have great habits off the field, you usually have great habits on the field. And uh, his habits have certainly allowed him to be a 75% passer and be prepared and be able to walk into the game. His first ever start was against Washington who was on, a, at that point in time, a 16-game win streak. And, um, you know, we lost 31-24, and then his second start was at the Coliseum when we lost in triple overtime. And, and then since then he hasn't lost, and uh, he's just led the team, and he's, um, he's a wonderful kid. Front row. Yeah, hey, Brent. Um, Ethan yesterday was talking a lot about the buy-in from the players. You mentioned 70 scholarship guys committed to finishing what they started. Could you just speak to the buy-in from the program, where it is now versus where it was a year ago? Because it seems like you've gotten quite a few guys to say, hey, coming back for my senior year, a lot of guys you know, that could go get ready for the NFL, but they're playing in this game. Does that speak to the buy-in of the program where it was maybe a year ago? Yeah, well, I would first uh, be remiss if I didn't you know, mention the, the young men that uh, aren't playing in the game for different reasons. Um, you know, I love every single one of those guys and want nothing but the best for them. Uh, you know, we have several guys that are going on to the NFL and, uh, you know, getting ready for all-star games. And then certainly, as uh, Coach Fish and I have had several conversations about, you know, f- the free agencies right in the middle of the of the playoffs and the bowl system. And it's uh, so it's, it's a very unique uh, timing uh, standpoint. I don't blame any of the, the players that are looking for a better opportunity. you got to do it now. Uh, so that you can maybe have a little more leverage in, in, a, in a place that's a very short, small window with, uh, you know, again, from a timing standpoint, not ideal for anybody. But, but 
where they have to do what's best for them. And so I uh, I just wanted to say that, first of all, but have great appreciation and uh, respect for, you know, the guys in our in our locker room as well. Um, we do have, again, uh, I think every coach would sit up here and say, you know, the same thing, but um, the, the buy-in, uh, you know, is is – Never been higher, uh, you know. Our, I think the results from the season uh, would, would say that. And uh, you know, this is a group of guys that are highly invested, uh, highly invested, and in several of them in the last two years. Obviously, you know, we starting in January we had 97 players in their first or their second year at Oklahoma. And uh, but this is a group of guys, whether it's the the, the new guys that just showed up, you know, 63 newcomers uh, in January last year. Uh, scholarship and preferred walk-ons, or it, it was guys that are in their second uh, year or their third year in the program uh, or fourth year in the program just under a different staff. It's It's been fantastic, and we've got great leadership, uh, and uh, we've got guys that um, care deeply about their opportunity and care deeply about their, their, their teammates and certainly, again, uh, what this game, you know, means. And, again, the, the whole principle of, again, finishing what you started, that's what, uh, you know, you want to have a – a life that you you know that embodies that. Question on the aisle back there. Uh, this question is for Jed. Um, college football bowl games are allowing teams to use wireless uh, communication in the helmets. Is that something that you guys are working on? And what do you think about adding that to the sport? And Brent, can you talk about that as well? Uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Uh, I came from the NFL, so that's kind of how we've been communicating. So it's nice to get back to that. Uh, I think we'll be kicking that off in the first game of next year, from what I understand. And, um, you know, we're not going to be using it in this game, but we, uh, we will very much be using it as long as, as far as I'm aware, starting the first game of next year. And that'll give everybody spring football. That'll give everybody training camp to work any kinks out. Uh, I still think they need to legislate it. You know, I'm not on the legislation committee, but I would say this. You shouldn't be in someone's ear for 30 seconds. You shouldn't be in someone's ear when they're standing over the ball. And um, I think that would be a distraction more than a help. Uh, the NFL has got a lot of things figured out. This is another thing I have, think they have figured out. Cut the thing off at fifteen sec- at 25 seconds, give a coach 15 seconds to talk, and then move on. And uh, I think if we could do that and get this legislated properly, um, you know, put it in one person's helmet, not 11, uh, we have a great chance of being successful here. If we do it the other way, I think it'll cause more more harm than good. Thank you. Let's do final two questions right here. Brent, I was rereading a story you once told about being at this game in 98 with K-State and having to make a uh, really uh, tough night before visit with Coach Snyder about what you were going to do and your future. And uh, for a guy who I know how much he meant to you and means to you still and a guy who reflects on, on you know flashpoints of his career, I'm wondering if you still think about that night and that, that particular moment and, and how it Sort of pivoted one way or the other. What, what's happened since for you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think about you know those moments. Those are life-changing decisions that you know propel you to the what's next and give you opportunity. And certainly that was as agonizing of a of a decision. And I've only left a couple of programs. Uh, every one of them uh, was really difficult, uh, but well thought out. And um, you trust your instincts. You. Yeah, you pray, you look for, uh, you know, a little bit of guidance, uh, you know, and keep the faith uh, that, you know, your experience and wisdom and your faith will get you to the right 
next uh, next spot. But Coach Snyder, again, I, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here in, in front of y'all had it not been uh, for his belief in me and the opportunities that he gave me as well. And again, got recruited to Kansas State by Coach uh, Bob Stoops as well. And uh, so when that moment came in, in 1998 to to either stay uh, at Kansas State or, or move forward, I just I knew I needed to get out of the nest to learn how to fly. And I needed to, to uh, you know, have, you know, another, you know, lineage, if you will, to the coaching tree, another place to go uh, and, again, learn and grow. Uh, at that time, I really, I didn't feel like I was ready um, to be, uh, you know, you know, all the responsibilities I was offered at Kansas State, I just had great self-awareness, you know, and I wanted to continue to develop and learn as a coach. You promote that to your players all the time. It's not an overly popular thing sometimes, but for me as a young person, I, I did have that wisdom. Uh, and uh, But uh, the other thing I remember was, was uh, not, you know, not winning the game. We lost 37-34 to Drew Brees. He throws a fade route and third down to – uh, to win the game, but um, but I have uh, you know a life changing. My my life has has been enriched through uh, those relationships, and certainly that was a moment that was incredibly difficult, but one that uh, that you know I've been blessed ever since. So, um, yeah, but I do think about those things you know uh, quite often. So, uh, a lot of uh, great people have helped me get to this place. And Coach Schneider, Coach Stoops, are two Thank of those. Thank you. Final people. question. This question is for Jed. How important is it for the trajectory of the program, the fact that you're facing a team with a background and a history of, of Oklahoma? Well, I'd, uh, I mean, the program is just getting built. We're just getting started. We've, you know, this will be the fourth time, uh, if we can get to 10 wins, that the program since 1930 has gotten to 10 wins. This is the 11th time that it's gotten to nine wins. So just to be in this game, and then you get to get matched up in the Valero Alamo Bowl, which is one of the best bowl games in the in the country in the bowl season, and then you get to play against a team that is a ten and two football team that is elite at uh, everything they've done in football over the course of the years. I told our team seven national championships, seven Heisman Trophy winners, um, nineteen ten win seasons in the last twenty one years, I think it is. So. You know, when you look at who they are and what they are, it's a huge part of the game. But, um, you know, just like I told our staff this morning, the next 24, 48 hours, whatever it is until kickoff, now we got to just treat this like now we're, we're ready to play a game. It's not about a bowl game. It's not about who we're playing. It's how we always prepared these final 48 hours, and it's got to be us being at our very best. There you go. That was the Alamo Bowl final press conference. They're going to do the – the picture with the head coaches and the trophy. Our Alamo Bowl coverage right here on The Ref is brought to you by Bob Moore Nissan. Check them out at bobmoorenissan.com. Offering 0% on many cars and trucks alike. They've got the selection you're looking for on I-35 just north. Can I speak today? I-35 just north of Tecumseh in beautiful Norman and at bobmoorenissan.com. All right, so uh, we went commercial free to bring you that full press conference. We'll take a break, come back, tell you what you learned, what we learned, get caught up, talk about Ryan Miner right here on The Ref. Uh, we we got to catch up here because as the Homer Sooner fans, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask permission to play that whole press conference. So to me, when you say, hey, this is the home of Sooner fans, being able to bring you a bowl game press conference uninterrupted is what that's all about. And we have great sponsors like Bob Moore who's making that possible. So uh, sorry, not sorry. 
But was was there any major takeaway from that? I I'll tell you what I'm mad about is the stupid gosh these guys that sometimes are the mediators of the press conference they become like dictators. I wanted to know whether or not Oklahoma's using the helmet technology. And they asked Jed Fish and I like Jed Fish, but I mean literally bro, that's that's what the rules are. That's that you you could use them in this game. And they were cutting it off with like 10 seconds left, maybe 15. And the the guy had asked for Brent Venable's take on it too. And he didn't even let Brent get an answer in on the question. So I would love to know if Oklahoma's taking advantage of that, Josh. But I guess we'll have to wait until the pregame show tomorrow to find out. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, The time constraint, right? Somebody was Mm -hmm. at the Alamo Bowl. Our mediator was, uh, well, he was feeling the heat. He was. Well, they were late anyway. Um, 70 scholarship players for Oklahoma that'll be playing in this game. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of funny because I think tonight Texas A&M has 55. So I'm not trying to compare Oklahoma to Texas A&M, but it just kind of shows you that, you know, there are 15 scholarship guys who aren't going to be there for this game. And just off the top of my head, Guyton Rain, Caden Green, from guys that were scholarship guys this year. It's kind of funny because three of those, all guys started on the offensive line, right? Yeah. One that was a, a partial starter and then the other that uh, didn't start the last two games. So 70 out of the 85 scholarship players. Um, anything else that kind of caught your – I thought it was good. I thought it was good to the point. Well, and maybe we've heard these stories before. I'm sure we have to some degree, oh, but the Kansas State one, yeah, was was interesting just that was to cool. to hear about uh, you know the tie-in to San Antonio to the Alamo Bowl, and obviously what uh, has ultimately led Venables to Oklahoma initially, and then back again. Yeah. All right, quick break. We'll come back. We'll hit the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It's the ref. Again to the Plank Show. We are on the road today. At Newcastle Casino, you can check out all the great games that they have here at Newcastle Casino. And personal favorite of mine, the Front Row Sports Bar, which is right where uh, Teddy will be broadcasting today and myself. They are uh, very much about your comfort and fun whenever you come here. And a great crew. Learn more at NewcastleCasino.com. Quickly, because we brought you the Brent Venables and Jetfish press conference, quickly to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. We've hit a, a bevy of different topics, things, things that we've asked from you to participate in this Yeah, Very radio program today at 405-651-3439. And one of those is a very simple question. In fact, we might even carry it over to tomorrow. Outside of Jackson Arnold, who are you most excited to see in the bowl game come Saturday? Now, I, I think we all know, and this isn't this isn't me trying to be a smart aleck, but I think, Josh, 99.9% of everybody, if they were just picking whomever it was, would say Jackson Arnold, right? Sure. We want to see what the future looks like. Uh, what's the hype? Is it real? And, again, one game doesn't make everything, and one game doesn't end everything right six in one hand half a dozen in the other but if you were to really put great there i was just reading one here it's pj out of i want to see i want to see him step up i want to see him be that guy yeah if it's not edge rushers it's been offensive line 
But at the core of this, everything boils back to 10, right? Everything boils back to Jackson Arnold and how he plays, right? Oh, yeah, no no doubt. If he goes out and is methodical, dissects this Arizona defense, shows off the arms, shows off the feet, and these weapons around him have a great day, and Oklahoma's good defensively, if it's just a comfortable, nice kind of go-about-your-business win and Jackson Arnold plays great, the look, there's going to be a lot of hype for next season regardless, but that'll crank it up a notch going into the offseason. Should it? I don't know, right? Mm-hmm, we can have right. the bowl game debate, but it's going to if he plays well. I think we all were, I don't know if the term would be teased, but you got a little bit of a snapshot of just his demeanor and how he handles things and what we saw against BYU. And, again, there's a couple throws that he would like back. I mean, that throw to Nick Anderson, holy smokes, man. It just showed you the cannon that this guy has. But then after missing that and how mad he probably was about missing that, he comes back and in the biggest moment uh, throws a dart, throws an absolute dart for the first down to Farouk that that sealed it. So I'm excited for it. Uh, Frisco Sooner writes, guys, I honestly believe, English, I honestly believe, Brent Venables has a vision of what he wants his program to look like. And I think he wants the foundation to be toughness, not only physically, but mentally. And when I think of Seth Luttrell, the first thing that comes to mind is toughness. I think Luttrell will bring that type of mentality back to Oklahoma. I'm hoping they evolve more into a power running game that can dominate the trenches on both sides of the ball. Of course, we all know you're going to have to throw the football, but OU was built in the trenches i mean listen if you're if you're in a situation to where you're going into one of the the power conference in college football you got to be good in the trenches now power running game we'll see i think they've got the possibility um but i don't dude i'm i'm excited to see arnold throw the football i just i think that for those of you many of you, who had complaints about the arm strength of Dylan Gabriel and his ability in the deep balls. I mean, it's going to be a nice, nice awakening when you see what Jackson Arnold can do. The the deal here is to protect him. He's he's a little bit more elusive in the pocket than Dylan Gabriel is. He's a true dual-threat quarterback. So, I I, listen, I've seen him run. We we saw him run against BYU. The big 30-yard run against the goal line that was called back on a really bad call and a hold. But, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's... It's an exciting time to see what the future might look like. I say open it up, too. I, look, I want things to end well for Drake Stoops and a number of different players sure. for Oklahoma. I'd like to see OU win an 11th game. I, I, I do think it matters. I don't chalk it up as some throwaway thing here. But having said that, I would rather lose the game and Jackson Arnold make a couple of mistakes or, or go win the game and play great, but mm-hmm. have opened it up for him and given him legitimate opportunities in this game. Look, uh, you could turn, you could hand off, and Sawchuck and Barnes or whoever could rumble like they did in last year's bowl game, the Cheez-It oh. Bowl versus Florida State. And that'd be nice and that'd be positive, but it would be, I think, more beneficial to Oklahoma for Jackson Arnold to, to put it in his hands a little bit in this game, for better or for worse. Um. Our final thoughts are coming up next, and, and I want to spend some time talking about Ryan Miner, but I wanted to make sure to give our, our sponsor read so it doesn't sound awkward when we're talking about you know our final thoughts and, and remembering a legend and then 
you know, there's Primrose Funeral Services, but you can check them out at primrosefuneralservice.com. Uh, pre-planning your memorial service is something that can t- take a lot of stress and pain away from your family and a lot of frustration. You can learn more right now at primrosefuneralservice.com. Their final thoughts are coming up next right here on The Ref. Josh, um, terribly sad news over the weekend as we lost to Sooner legend Ryan Miner. I don't. He was in college when I was in college. He was, he was one of my, uh, he was one of my favorite dudes because I always wanted to be that athletic and I always wanted to be that good, and he just made everything he did look so easy, and he did it without an attitude. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that yeah, he had swagger and I'm sure that he had confidence, um, and maybe even cockiness, but you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it watching him. He just looks like a dude that was incredibly confident in his abilities he looked like the kind of guy that you just wanted to be around which i think is one of the greatest compliments you can give to a person and more specifically an athlete who played at the highest level i was really sad for his family he's got he's got young kiddos cancer sucks it's it's the worst i just wanted to make sure that we had a moment to say thank you to ryan for everything that he meant to the sooner nation and that his family and everyone within his extended family, they're in our thoughts because it's, it's a terrible loss for Sooner Nation. It really is. And obviously even more so for his family. No doubt. It's it's just so sad, man. It just too young. Too young. And uh, I don't I don't have anything uh, better to add on the subject. It just right. it's just stinks. It's so sad. And, you know, Damon, I thought, uh, as a brother, was incredible the way that uh, – you know, he supported Ryan and came and talked with us and has put that golf tournament together. So I hate it for their family more than anything. And I know that it just saddens Sooner Nation so much, man. Yeah. A really, really great dude. Uh, I got a chance to meet him once. And I, I think I even told him, like I said, you were everything that I desired to be on the basketball court whenever I was playing intramural basketball with the Sigma Cheese. He was the best. R.I.P. Ryan Miner. You all have a great rest of your day. Hey, I'm not leaving for the Alamo Bowl. I'm not leaving for San Antonio. I don't fly out until tomorrow afternoon. So we are uh, we're set at Cavens tomorrow from 9 to noon with a full bowl game preview. We'll hear from Jed Fish. We'll hear from Brent Venables. Thanks to everybody for tuning in today. Thanks to Newcastle Casino for having us out. Always love hanging out here. Teddy will be back out here coming up this afternoon from 3 to 6. But when we come back, the Steel Man and Parker Thune take over right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.